Welcome to the podcast, In and Through Exist, to equip the church to be hearers and doers of the word. I'm Tim. And I'm Marshall. What's up, Marshall? Not much. It's a good day. Yeah, it's beautiful out. Feeling a little high energy today. Yeah? Yeah. Is, is like I might get some stuff done today. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I've been, I've recently transitioned back to a standing desk, mm-hmm. and I find it's really helping with uh, avoiding distraction and productivity and, Yeah. I'm going to do it. Yeah, you should. I'm making my commitment right here. I'm going to do it. You got accountability now. I used to have an awesome standing desk. Motorized. Held three programmable positions. My kids just like to come in and push the button. (laughs) Just watch the desk go up. (laughs) That is fancy. It was fancy. (laughs) Yeah, no, highly recommend. So, yeah, it's one of, you know, a handful of kind of more healthy decisions i'm trying to make they say sitting's the new smoking tim yeah apparently but you know what sitting's not nearly as cool (laughs) right like you know a lot of people smoked just to be cool because they thought it looked cool you don't just sit to be i don't see anyone that's like i'm feeling a little square i think i think what i'll do is i'll have a seat and that'll show them all (laughs) that i'm a rebel and i'm cool I mean, maybe if you had like because a really... Because rock stars sit. If you had a really cool chair, though, like a throne-like type of thing. Yeah. You'd feel cool in your chair. Yeah. I don't know. I, I get that sitting too long is not good for you. Mm-hmm. But sitting is the new smoking. I like, just heard Do that. chair manufacturers now have to put out... They should. <laughs> ...a warning <laughs> label warning. on every chair? If you sit on this chair for too long, you're going to get diabetes. Right. Like, I don't know. Like, seriously, it's, but, yeah. uh, I, I, I think, I think we get a little bit soft and then liberal with our language. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> You're not going to get lung cancer from sitting. At least I hope not. Knee cancer from keeping them bent too long. Oh, I don't know. Man. Yeah, it's, uh, oh, well. We've gone off the rails here. That's okay. Yep. That's what we do best. But who needs to edit? That's right. Not us. Not us. Question. Mm. What else? Does Christ's death redeem? So last week, we talked about how we are forgiven, redeemed Mm -hmm. by the cross of Christ. Is that it? Yeah. I mean, growing up, I always heard the whole purpose of the cross was that we'd be forgiven. Yeah. And uh, that's kind of the focus. Is there there more? That's the question, right? Is it, does it only serve a purpose regarding our sin problem? I mean, what about everything else that's so messed up and broken? Yeah. Well, what's he going to do about that? Right. And, and I think I think one of the ways that people have approached this is just to ignore this question. Yeah, I think that's the main, that's the main approach. I think the main way that we have the church has done this has just been like, well, the way that we convince people to become believers and draw them into worship is just at the personal level. Right. If it's not about me, then what do I care? Right. So let's just address it at that level. And uh, so, yeah, your sins are forgiven, and isn't that enough? And the conversation kind of ends there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that sets up a bad paradigm for understanding self and our position in the redemptive work of God. Uh, any other ideas for how people have taught this wrongly? Honestly? 
No. <laughs> That's kind of the one. I, I was racking my brain about this, and I think that I think yeah, the main answer that is you know misses the mark is just to kind of not consider the broader implications at all. Um, how how about this one? Okay, not from the Christian perspective. Okay, uh, but a way that people have addressed this via pantheism or panentheism, mm-hmm. whichever. Um, this idea that the universe, one means the universe is God. Right. Or an energy source of deistic divinity. <laughs> divinity. <laughs> uh, but, but not deism. Uh, right. the, other, the other is to say that, um, that all of the elements of the universe incorporated are that, right? Mm. In those instances, the concept that the universe needs to be redeemed is not present because nature and the universe are fine. It's only we that need to be fixed. Right. Right? And, and we see, I see a lot of undertones of this. This is this, Okay, here's what I'm not saying. What do you know? A lot saying? of times people get into the whole like, oh, if anyone says this, then what it is is it's the infiltration of Eastern religion into our for this nefarious purpose. It, that's not it at all. Uh, what I'm what, what a lot of times you hear people talk about nature and humanity as separate entities, right? Mm-hmm. There's nature, and nature would be better off without people. Oh yeah, yeah. Because we're different things. Right. And we have to separate them in our heads, humans and nature. Um, and so some some would look at this and they would say, nature is fine. What needs to be fixed is the human condition. Right. And if the human condition can just get in touch with nature, then Zen, karma, perfection mm-hmm. can be had. Um, yeah, I've heard certain yeah. certain people kind of promote this idea that in order to save the planet, humanity needs to be destroyed. Oh, yeah, I've heard it right? go that like far, that's, too. That's a growing yeah. thing, right, where people are like, you know, the only thing that's going to save this planet from, you know, global warming and climate change is just for the human race to be eradicated, mm-hmm. um, which is, I mean, kind of a scary thought that people actually think that. Right. S- especially, especially with the kind of technology that exists today and the types of things <laughs> you can do. Maybe the types of things that are going on right now. Um, yeah, it's kind of a freaky, freaky thought. But, um, but yeah. So I guess yeah, from a non-Christian perspective, the idea that like the the restoration of the world uh, m- is only possible with the absence of humanity, or the restoration of humanity, or the restoration. If, if yeah. people could just figure it out, if we all just became vegan and rode our bikes like Dutch people. That's all we need. I don't know very many Dutch people that ride their bikes around. Not not right here. In 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 Holland, okay, it's like a thing. Trust me, it's a thing. I'm not lying to you. No, I I know that it is. (laughs) I know that it is. I was just thinking, what sort of our Dutch people? Our Dutch people drive big trucks. What sort of socio political (laughs) problems are we in if we start to divide Dutch Canadian from Dutch because they don't make the divide? And (laughs) and did you just offend three fourths of Ontario? (laughs) Oh man! All right. Okay. The catechism has something to say about it. It does. Because it's not going to ask a question that it won't answer. Thank goodness. And what does it say? Christ's death is the beginning of the redemption and renewal of every part of fallen creation. 
as he powerfully directs all things for his own glory and creation's good. This is has the potential to be radically transforming for people. Mm-hmm. This this could be the kind of podcast you listen to and everything you look at from here on is different. Mm. And I I don't say that in jest or speaking through hyperbole. Okay. I really believe this to be true. Awesome. Christ died to redeem creation of which we are the primacy. Mm-hmm. We're the pinnacle. Yes. We are not the reason Christ died on the cross. In an exclusive sense. In yeah. an exclusive sense, or in a sense that says, and by the way, as a bonus prize, the rest of creation is coming along. Mm-hmm. God created the entire physical world in order and called it good. It is all expressed for his glory. When the Bible says, if we don't praise, even the rocks will cry out, it doesn't mean that the rocks are sitting around waiting on us to fail, which is the way I've often heard it termed. Sure. It means that is going on. Mm-hmm. Nature is proclaiming his glory. And if we stop, nature continues. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, even down to the those portions of creation that aren't animated. Right. And so that he is redeeming all things and we are being brought along is an entirely different way of viewing the creative and redemptive order. Yeah. And that's where I, I say it is, it is paradigm shifting, mm-hmm. right? To say, wait, this wasn't about me. Like I've I've heard, and, and I don't think it's necessarily wrong that people say, if you were the only one who had ever sinned, Christ still would have gone to the cross for you. But I think it's narcissistic that we would need that kind of language to be intrigued by the redemptive efforts of the cross. Right. But to be able to say, the wind and the waves are under his command, and he is calling all things back to a repaired state for his glory. Mm-hmm. And I get to come along on that ride. Yeah. yeah. And th- not only come along on it as a token uh, acknowledgement, but as a pinnacle right. in creation. Yeah. I, th- I just think we look at everything differently after that. For sure. Right. Because the, the purpose of redemption is not for us to just be kind of transported away to some other dimension and just exist as these kind of spiritual beings for all eternity. Redemption is about bringing all of creation, which includes us, back to the state of being very good, back to Genesis 1, back to before the fall. Yeah. And, and that's an exciting notion. Mm-hmm. That's... Isaiah chapter 11, where we have yes, yeah. kids playing with snakes. My son loves that passage, <laughs> <laughs> right? And, and I think you can look at that and you can laugh and you can be like, oh, that's funny. The little boy just wants to play with snakes. Mm-hmm. But there's something in the innocence of that hmm. that just says, no, that's right. right. That's right, because what he longs for is this, this redemption of all things so that there's not conflict. Right. And 
one time Analia asked me when she was probably three, she's like, she, we were talking about snow, and she was like, I like the snow, but it's too cold. Okay. Can, can you have the snow without the cold? And I thought, hmm. Snow is beautiful. It is. Cold is definitely an effect of the fall. Right. <laughs> the kind of <laughs> the kind of cold. <laughs> the kind of cold that accompanies snow. Could a redeemed world be a place where snow and bitter cold were not necessarily needed to co- coexist? Mm-hmm. Or our bodies don't, don't respond negatively to the cold, so it's Maybe. kind of irrelevant. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think so. I think what we need to understand is there is and was from the very beginning this inherent connection between humanity and the rest of creation, mm-hmm. right? That is why Christ, as the one who is truly man and truly God, why his redeeming work promises a restoration of creation because it was humanity that imperiled it all right so uh, the charge for adam and eve right was to be fruitful multiply fill the earth subdue it Mm -hmm. and have dominion over all the living things right but instead they just corrupted the entire natural order through their sin so the curse of sin was not only on humanity but on all of creation right dominion does not mean the unchecked do whatever you want to with it right it means control and management. Yeah, as is it. consistent with the character of God. Right. Right? In the way that God would have it done. Right. And right? anyone who wants to say dominion means you don't have to care for the earth, you do whatever you want to with it, mm-hmm. that just speaks to where your heart is in being a leader and a caretaker. Right. <laughs> and, not, yeah. and not an environmentalist issue right. uh, in, inside of the scripture. But w- yeah, we were given to love this place and care for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And so, and the, the people, the, the, the first people who were tasked with that, um, that job failed miserably with mm-hmm. it. Right. Um, and that's what not only compromised humanity, but, but all of creation. Um, but God from the beginning promised that a redeemer would come, right, by the seed of a woman, a human being who would crush the head of the serpent, mm-hmm. right, and free humanity, and by extension, all of creation from the curse, right, those curses that God just kind of laid out um, after the fall, mm-hmm. right, which included kind of the the earth not working the way it was meant to work, and this this struggle um, between humanity and the earth, mm-hmm. right? I think part of the reason why there is this struggle, I mean, not just in growing food, but in acquiring products that we need. And it seems like, you know, oftentimes human interest is at odds with the, cr- the natural created order is, is a flows from the curse, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. Things don't work the way that we want them to work, or we want, we desire things that are harmful um, for the world around us. And so there's this suddenly this conflict where there should have been harmony. Yeah, and, and there's this is a very political thing. Uh-oh. So we're... No, I'm saying even what we're already talking oh, about. Oh, okay. No, well, it's yeah. already spicy. <laughs> it's already spicy. There's no, we're, we're not about to dump the hot sauce. All this right, has been right. spicy for some. Because some people see it as a very... They see any environmental talk mm-hmm. as being worldly. Right. Um, 
funny well, funny story. Ahead. Yep. Um, I have family members. I won't name them. But when recycling was first introduced, like I don't know when it was introduced here, back maybe back in the eighties or nineties mm-hmm. or whatever, they would not participate because it was considered to be new age. Yeah, no, a green initiative can be, it can go too far, sure. where it becomes the pantheistic or panentheistic worship of the earth. Right. It can go there. Sure. But taking care of the earth is our mandate from the point of creation, mm-hmm. right? And so it, it can go there, but it doesn't have to go there. Right. And that's why I say this is already spicy. Right. And some we're going to say political. Right. right. But but it only makes sense that we in our fallen nature would approach a fallen physical world and that there would be mistakes made, mm-hmm. things that we can clean up along the way, things that we can do differently. Right. Um, and, and I think deep down, everyone agrees with that. Even the person listening to that, listening to this, and saying, "Oh no, they've fallen off the rails and they've gone <laughs> liberal or whatever," um, is is not going to be okay with me coming over to their house and dropping trash in their front yard. Right. Right. They're going to be like, "No, listen, I don't think we need." But come on. Right. <laughs> right. So so this is just to be able to say, we we need to approach these talks with with nuance mm-hmm. and and recognize recognition of gradients. Mm-hmm. And not just say, anytime someone says they're going to care for the earth, they've fallen into new age worship. I think one of the problems with, and we, you know, I've harped on this issue before in our contemporary culture, is that if something can go to an unhealthy extreme, we just assume that anything, anything along that path is inherently wrong. Right. Right. So... You know what I mean? Like just because there are these extremes. So we just assume that every path leads to this unhealthy extreme. And so, yeah, like you said, to consider, okay, should we make certain decisions that are better for the environment or whatever that is? Um, You know, weighing that with the the need of people. Right. Um, You know, if you were just to if you were to say, well, agriculture is so bad for the environment, we need to completely eradicate the the system that we have. But it's going to cause millions to starve right like that's that's a complicated decision and right so like obviously and there's nuance and all that to that so um yeah i think we just yeah we have to be careful about just not not freaking out every time there's something uh something like this that that comes before us so or or on the other hand feeling like every christian has to also care more about environmental issues than any other issue oh yeah that's right I, i think i think that there's there's a place for moderation, and, and not any moderation. Uh, there, there's just a place for nuanced discussion on this. Yeah, wisdom, right? And wisdom, yeah. And, and we've lost a lot of that as a culture. Yeah. <laughs> like it's not just on this topic. It's oh, it's on, on everything. On it's everything. on. It's on most every topic. Oh yeah. Uh, but yeah, this is definitely one where that needs to be applied, mm-hmm. or at least brought to check. Right. And so, so Adam, through his disobedience corrupted the whole natural order. Um, the Redeemer was promised, and Christ in Scripture is referred to as a second Adam or the last Adam, right? Mm-hmm. Bet- bet- and here's a cool thing, right? Between Adam and Christ, um, human beings were born naturally, right? Just kind of the natural order of things until Jesus, who was 
you know, conceived of a virgin by the Holy Spirit. And so he bears, it's interesting, like even in his, in his human origins, bears some resemblance to, to the first Adam that he is kind of created supernaturally. Right. Um, created, he was, whatever, his physical body. Sure. Just, I don't, people are gonna be like, heretic! No, okay, anyways. Um, and, but by his obedience, the second Adam undoes the consequences of the disobedience of the first. Right. Right? That's, like, that's the thing. So that's why, like, Christ is the second Adam, right? Just like Adam's sin didn't just affect humanity, but the whole created order, so too does Christ's obedience redeem humanity and the rest of the created order. All the things Adam broke, Jesus came to fix. Exactly. All the things. Mm -hmm. And in the curse, there is talk about thorns Mm -hmm. and work from the sweat of your brow. Right. Do you... Joy to the world, mm-hmm. right? Which is uh, not technically a. Cr- I mean, we sing it at Christmas, but it's not really a Christmas song, right. really exclusively. Uh, verse three: No more let sins and sorrows grow, nor thorns infest the ground. Preach. He comes to make the, his blessings flow far as the curse is found, and that curse is found everywhere. Let heaven and nature sing. Amen. There's a prayer in the app. For every week, okay, that we do questions. We we talked about the commentaries and the scriptural reference. We don't talk about the prayer, really. Um, but in the prayer, it, it talks about the earth groaning, mm. longing for the fullness of the kingdom. Mm-hmm. Throwback to Romans, uh, chapter eight. Sounds right. Um, and and I I think that's a good biblical reference of, in the same way that our hearts cry, Maranatha. The earth itself, in drought and in flood, in scorching heat and in bitter, damaging cold, mm-hmm. groans and cries out, Maranatha. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's an interesting. That's an interesting thing to, like, it's an interesting thought. Yeah, I mean, in in this life, we like the beauty of the earth as it is, even in its corrupted state is a blessing for us. And it's, and and scripture is clear that there is natural revelation that even in its fallen state, even in its brokenness, it continues to proclaim the glory of God. Mm -hmm. Um, What I look forward to is living in a world where everything is better in every way possible. Yeah. Right. And I can't like in our minds can't even fully comprehend it, but where everything is as it was meant to be. It's perfect. It's uncorrupted. It's untainted. And it's truly good. Right. And and just to bring this into a very immediate context, um, I, I think the sort of a broader sense you could throw it in the pandemic context and just say that's an evidence of the fall. It's an evidence of the fall. And this would be like a world where this doesn't matter at all. Yeah, it never happens. I I've kind of gotten into gardening a little bit. Okay. Um, I like to do it. I don't like the weeding side of it or figuring out why the plants are wilting. And those, so, in your mind, when you're setting up the garden beforehand, you're like, "I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna do this," and then you forget that even in the last week of May, it can snow here and that ruins everything. And do I have enough time before it snows again to get this crop to grow? All of these factors that go into it. But the opportunity to work the land without the sweat of the brow, 
mm. without the weeds and the thorns. To me, that has just become an exciting thing. Right. To, that we would just go out and just enjoy it. Mm-hmm. There's nothing left in the working of the land except to enjoy it. Yeah. That smell that hovers around Stratford from time to time when people are working the land, <laughs> gone. Be unnecessary. Unnecessary. <laughs> it's already... Um, the the other thing yesterday took some time with the fam went Mm -hmm. to the zoo and just saw some amazing things Mm. right eagles lions tigers and bears and thought and thought oh my (laughs) (laughs) but even in that watching them because you and i were talking about this the concept of the eagle in a cage right is heartbreaking yeah um, but necessary for the protection because they too are a part of the fall. Mm-hmm. And Lindsay at one point looked at Caleb and said, because we were talking about the, the lions and just how amazing it is to be as close as Branford Zoo allows you to be to the mm-hmm. lions. Mm-hmm. And Lindsay said, can you believe that one day there will be a chance for you to just walk up and give it a big old hug around the neck. Yeah. Or just lay down beside it and take a nap. Yeah. Right? Like, that's the kind of thing that we can get excited about as mm-hmm. well. I, I think mm-hmm. heaven has been reduced in our minds in a secular level to clouds and harps. Mm-hmm. Um, that is infinitely boring. Yeah. That is eternally boring. Mm-hmm. And I even like to play a stringed instrument from time to time. <laughs> I think I think that would be a bit much yeah. after a week. That's not the kind of thing to look forward to. Mm-hmm. Um, in the church, we've taken that eternal state to mean I get a big old house to rattle around in with all of the material things that I ever wanted in life but couldn't afford. Mm. Um who who wants a ten bedroom house <laughs> and no one else in it? I got a mansion. Uh, yeah. By the yeah. way, that's a that's not a great translation of the word there. Um, <laughs> and but it's it's not the the concept is the new heavens and the new earth. Mm-hmm. The biblical concept of the eternal state mm-hmm. is God's people on this earth. Perfectly. Yeah. That's exciting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Agreed. Maranatha, come Lord Jesus. Yes. Yeah. Anything more? No, I'm good. All right. Well, next week we will ask the question, are all people, just as they were lost through Adam, saved through Christ? Ooh. Touched on a little bit this week. A little bit. Well, nail it down next week sounds good talk to you then oh sorry sorry outro (gasps) outro thanks for listening this podcast is a resource of memorial baptist church in stratford ontario in cooperation with the gospel coalition of canada is produced by alex walker now see you next week goodbye